The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with my frenemy and co-host here, Trey Hill. How's it going, Trey, man? Dude, it feels good to feel good. I don't know if uh, anyone out there can tell, but last week I was a little under the weather, so uh, it just feels good to, to not feel sick, man. I had like 102 temperature the day before we recorded, so uh, how are you doing, man? I know you're, in, you're visiting some family. How, how, how's everything going? It's going good. It's homecoming and the festival all at once back in the hometown area. So we figured what better time to come back than now. Yeah, uh, it is. Fest- it is a homecoming time, festival time. It's a it's a wonderful time, man. Everyone's going back to school and everything. And so um, it's a it's a good time of year. And we're only like uh, about a month away from from some real basketball here, some uh, NBA basketball. Uh, and that's exciting too. So, but anyways, just to describe the show to you guys, uh, BSBP, we start with hundred creds and we place wagers, uh, on NBA game outcomes, player props, futures, and much, much more. All of our bets are transparent and you can view them by visiting our profile on Twitter, which is at BSBP underscore NBA. And you can click on the spreadsheet linked in our profile. Nothing's hidden guys. Good calls, bad calls. They're all there. We just want to be transparent and show you guys. What we're doing, we want to have those receipts. We want to have, as my good buddy Trey says, some stakes attached to our takes, which is pretty pretty good. I like that. Uh, but Trey's at a starting level of 100 cred points. I'm also at the starting level of 100 cred points. Uh, we're just getting started here. Nothing's been resolved yet, obviously. Um, but it is time. We are going to go over to, uh, some better's remorse, is what we call this segment, where we go over our bets. And since nothing has been resolved, we can't obviously – um tell you you know anything that's been resolved yet but we can recap some of our i want to recap our bs bets here uh, some bets that we have between each other uh we have i have jalen green under 20 points per game in 2020 2021 22 uh and you have uh jalen green over 20 points per game i've got jalen green as rookie of the year you've got uh, J- uh not jalen sorry kate cunningham as rookie of the year um, I've got Atlanta over 46.5 wins on the season. You have the under there. And then I've got Jaron Jackson Jr. to have more uh, most improved player votes than Michael Porter Jr. And you're on the other side of that, obviously. You think Michael Porter Jr. will have more most import, improved player votes. And then uh, we also have a, a bet between us on the Orlando Magic. I'm on under the 22.5 total wins. And you're on the over. So those are pretty good. I, I don't know. Any of those that you're kind of regretting right now? Not yet. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a it's, it's, a it's too early for regrets. It's yeah, it's nothing but positive. Not, nothing but positive. Good vibes. That's right. Put the yeah, put the put the good vibes out there. And uh, and and what you put out into the world will will come true. Hopefully, <laughs> I guess we'll we'll go with that for now. Um, but most of the odds in our show will be taken from my bookie guys and Trey. When people ask me what bets I'm putting down, I always tell them that where you put down your bets is just as important as what bets you're putting down. And that's why I like to go with MyBookie. Uh, MyBookie offers an entirely user-friendly experience. And if I have any issues with their customer, I have any issues at all, their customer service is there via chat 24-7 to help me out. Uh, if you sign up and enter the promo code HOOPBALL, guys, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, you get your first deposit matched halfway up to your first one thousand dollars. That means if you put in a thousand dollars, you get an extra five hundred dollars for free, uh, courtesy of Hoopball. So, pretty awesome stuff. Um, 
we're going to move on to our next segment, our opening segment here called Enter the Twitterverse. <laughs> and what I did with this segment is uh, I actually went around NBA Twitter, just some, some accounts I follow, and uh, found just some interesting questions for us to kind of kick around and, and have some fun just discussing, just kind of a lighthearted thing. We've been doing, um, you know, team win totals uh, over and unders, and we're going to be doing that again this episode. But we want to start with something a little light, get into it, get into the groove, have some fun. So uh, the first one I found was actually from uh, Rhett over at Hoopball, and you can actually follow this man at Rhett underscore Bauer. Uh, that's at R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. And I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I'm not too sure. But uh, Rhett Pop posed this question. I thought it was pretty interesting. What player would you rather have on your team for the next two years, Trey? Christian Wood or Kristaps Porzingis? I've got to go with Christian Wood just because of availability. Porzingis hasn't been able to stay healthy for an entire season yet. And... Part of the value he brings is his ability on defense, and his health has kind of deteriorated to where he's not kind of that elite rim protector that he used to be, I don't feel like. And being able to depend on Wood to be there and what he brings on offense, the the way he would let you run a variety of offensive systems, he he's so versatile on that end. And he, all sorry. Right. No, 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 no BS there. I'm sorry. I was just touching it up. My bad. Oh, oh <laughs> fake, fake oh, BS I, there. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were keep on the going, KP bandwagon. <laughs> um, and Wood's not as good of a defender as Porzingis when Porzingis is good, but I'm not. I don't have Christian Wood for his defense. I've got him for his offense. What about you? Uh, no, that's uh, that's fair. And, and you know, I think I think the biggest thing to, to you know point out here is obviously uh, Christoph Porzingis just has a intensive. Uh, you know, injury history. Uh, just kind of going through all that. October 2015, he tweaked his left IT band. Uh, October 2015, he had a left quad strain. He had a right shoulder strain, a sore left Achilles in 2017. Uh, sprained left ankle, lower low, lower back tightness, sore left ankle, sore left ankle, um, left knee irritation, and the big one is the torn ACL in the left knee. And that was in February of 2018. He missed 116 games. Uh, and then he tore his meniscus also uh, in 2020. So I uh, missed three games with that. Obviously, he had, had a quick returnaround. But, um, yeah, you know, and, and I can never fault somebody for saying that, you know, I'd rather go with Christian Wood, I think, in the next two years because of that injury history for Chris Tapps. I mean, he's on two bad knees basically at this point. Um, and he's a seven-footer. So it's very uh, – and I think – actually, I think Christian Wood had foot problems though last year. Is that correct? I think he might have broke his foot or, or strained it really bad. Um, which is also kind of, do you remember what that was? Ah, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was. Yeah, I think, I think it was something with his feet and, and that's always a little concerning with big men also, but, um, I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of lay it all out there just to kind of preface what I, I would actually go with Kristaps Porzingis over Christian Wood. I think he, um, just brings more to the table as far as his offensive skill set. You know, if you want somebody to put the ball on the floor and go score a bucket, uh, I'm going with KP. I'm not, I'm not going to go with Christian Wood in that scenario. Um, I do like Christian Wood. I think I think it's kind of funny when you talk about Christian Wood because I think he was very undervalued and underappreciated for years. I mean, he's um, 25 now, 26. Um, did I have that right? He's pretty young still. Um, yeah, he's 25, almost 26. Um, and I think he was pretty under, undervalued to begin his career, but now I think it's kind of flipped, actually. And he's a bit uh, overhyped, maybe. Uh, not that he's a bad player. I just, you know, I'm I'm not seeing that. I don't think that he can be the guy, the dude on a team. And I think he, the the Rockets might 
Um, well, I mean, they have, they have Jalen Green now, um, but I think they still want kind of want Christian Wood to be that dude. And I don't know if that's necessarily him. He looked fantastic next to James Harden. Um, I wish I would have kept going because I, I thought they were they were really great in that pick and roll. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with KP here, and I'm going to hope and cross my fingers that he doesn't miss you know half of his games again, uh, which is a big ask here. Um, let's see, he, he played 57 and 43 games. The last two seasons, obviously, those are uh, shortened seasons. And then he missed the entire season before that. Never played a full season in his career. Um, only played 48 games in the 2017-18 season. So this guy does have the higher ceiling. He does have the higher ceiling. And that's that's why I'm going with him. And, and honestly, if you're, I mean, if you're talking about uh, defense, I don't think either of them are particularly uh, above the mean in, in terms of defense. And I think that Christian was probably a better rim protector in general but if you look at their block block uh totals obviously chris Tapps actually has the has the advantage there so he does get his hands on more balls so uh, i do like uh, kp a little bit more but uh, it's an interesting topic and so if you want to go over to to mr rett's uh, uh twitter and follow him he's got some great great questions just like that but um the next one i have here is from clutch points actually it's from uh at clutch points app so it's a clutch points official account and it's a pretty interesting one, Trey. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit about it before we got on here, but um, they have a five-man lineup here, and it says form a five-man lineup from two NBA teams. So you get to combine players from two teams that can beat this five. And they've got Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. So that's obviously combining the Lakers and, and the Nets. Uh, man, that's that's a tough team to beat. <laughs> can you Can you beat it? I'm going to make you go first, actually, because you told me beforehand that you had a couple lineups, I and I only I came with one. I only, I only, I read it as one lineup. So, I, I, in my head, I came up with my my optimal lineup, and that's what yeah. I've got. So, hit me with yours, and I'll no, see if it okay. matches yeah. mine. How about how about this? I'll give you three of mine, and then and then you can drop yours on me, and then I'll give you my last three. Uh, here's my first one. It's a it's a combination of the Bucks and the Clippers. And I think this might actually be the best one. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and just give you my best one right off the bat. Drew Holiday at point guard. Paul George at shooting guard. Chris Middleton at small forward. Kawhi Leonard at power forward. And Giannis at center. I think that team can give the other team that's posited by clutch points there some fits. What do you, what do you feel, how do you feel about that one? If I would have known that Kawhi was on the table, I that probably would have been my lineup. Mm. Honestly, that yeah. Well, that's obviously he's he's injured the he's injured this season, so that that right. is a good point. So so I guess we can we can say that would in a theoretical world be my best lineup. But that uh, that, that was the first lineup I went to mm. in my head, and then I ruled it out because I thought that it, because Kawhi was injured. It's also why I quickly ruled out the Warriors because I thought about Steph and Clay, but with Clay's injury, I was like, ah, no. Yeah, I don't have any with the Warriors. I was considering them also just because Steph is just so freaking good. But um, but I thought there were some better ones here. How about this one? This one's interesting. I'm not going to name the teams because uh, it's going to ruin it for you. But uh, I've got uh, Drew Holiday at point guard again. I've got Zach Levine at shooting guard. There's the teams for you. There we go. Chris Middleton at small forward. Uh, Giannis at power forward. And Nikola Vucevic at center. I think that's a pretty – they might have some defensive struggles. That's the thing because – um, and I think it is valid. You know, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show, but uh, Vooch and, and Levine, you know, they, they do they do have their struggles on, on defense, but it wouldn't matter on that team. I mean, they're, they're just so good offensively and they've got Drew. Uh, they've got Giannis, which are both, you know, I think 
going to be plus, in plus defenders. Yo, I, absolutely. I think they're going to be in and the conversation. And Middleton, Middleton is also a plus defender. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're going to be in the, I think uh, Giannis and, and Drew specifically will be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, which we'll talk about on our next episode. But, um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something to, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it'd be a problem. I think that team would really give uh, that Durant and, and LeBron team some fits. Uh, and here's my, here's my last of my first three here. This is a Suns bucks combo. I'm, obviously I've got a lot of bucks here. I've just got to have Giannis uh, because I think if you got, I think if you're in a seven game series and it's been proven over and over again, the best player on the floor wins you that series. So you right. got to have somebody that can compete with LeBron and, and Kevin Durant. Um, is Giannis necessarily better than them? Obviously very debatable in certain scenarios. He is, I think. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, so here we go. Suns and bucks point guard. I've got Chris Paul shooting guard. I've got Devin Booker small forward. I've got Chris Middleton and then Giannis at power forward and then Aiton obviously at center. Uh, I'm not. I'm not enamored with the, with the Giannis and, and Aiton pairing. Honestly, I think Aiton probably clogs up that lane a little bit too much. Um, so I might want to stick. Uh, I, I don't know if if we were actually. This playing is like, definitely the the worst of the three. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're playing it like a like actual basketball, you actually might want someone like Brook Lopez actually at that center position just to spot up uh, instead of DeAndre Aiton. But I just went with the with the best players on each team, obviously. So. So um, what. So it's my my lineup consists yeah. of Ben Simmons at point guard, okay, Drew Holiday at shooting guard, Chris Middleton at small forward, Giannis at power forward, and Joel Embiid at center. Okay. And part of this it it's having the bigs because Anthony Davis does not like to play center. Yep. And Embiid loves to punish guys who don't like to play center. Embiid when he when he is hitting his ceiling. He is as good as any player in the league. Like, Jokic won the MVP, but I think most people thought there was a real argument to be had for Embiid being the best day-to-day player when he was able to play. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Giannis, um, he does what he does. Ben Simmons shooting would be terrible around Giannis. <laughs> I just feel like... But, to me, you have to have the wing defenders. You have to have the defense on this. Yeah. And having the 76ers, you also get Thibel who was someone I thought about subbing subbing in. You'd have Maxi you could bring in. So to me, I thought the the Bucks and 76ers were the best two rosters to bring together to yep. match up with this team. And I think you actually said that was my next one, actually. Those are, I'm pretty sure. I have Ben Simmons at power forward, but I have that exact same lineup next, actually. So uh, I'm right there with you. So did, think- you did you have Giannis at small forward? I do have Giannis at small forward, okay. yeah. So I have those. I think I have those flipped or, or something like that. But uh, I think you can do it anyway. I think you know you got Middleton and and Giannis and and Simmons all on the same team. Uh, I mean, they can really play any of those three spots. Really, uh, well, Giannis probably can't play shooting guard, but um, you know what I mean. They're pretty. They're pretty interchangeable. So, uh, so I'll skip over that one. I've actually I've also got a Celtic Sun Suns one, which I think is pretty fun. And I've got Chris Paul at point guard, Devin Booker at uh, shooting guard, Jalen Brown at small forward, Tatum at power forward, and I've got Aiden again at center. And I think I like that one even more than than the one with Giannis in it, just because uh, I think I think I'm I'm on that at that Tatum train, especially after talking to you last time, last couple episodes about uh, the Celtics. I think he's going to take um, maybe an, another step here, which is just crazy because he's just so good already. Um, you know, I still think that there's upside there, and I, and I hope he realizes that and 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 becomes a better, uh, specifically a better uh, decision maker. I think with the ball, sometimes he's just uh, not necessarily a great decision maker with the basketball. 
Um, but I think he can really get there. Uh, and obviously Jalen Brown's kind of a question mark on this team because he's coming back from injury. Um, and uh, who knows how good he's going to be. So uh, I think I think the key for Tatum is he ne- his playmaking isn't so good that it elevates the players around him. But when he mm-hmm. ha- when he's he's going to have better players around him, I think mm-hmm. that are better shooters, and that'll just put his playmaking in a better success better position to succeed. That's why I love Chris Paul. That's why I love Chris. I'd love to put Chris Paul on any of these teams just because it's like, dude, this guy can just run the show for you. Whoever needs to have the ball in their hands, he will get them the ball in their hands until it becomes playoff time and then he shits the bed. So, <laughs> is, he, is he on your last lineup? Are the Suns uh, part of your last one? Yeah, yeah. He's on the Suns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he was at, yeah. I had him in that lineup with the Suns and the Celtics. Uh, I've also got a Celtics and Bucks one. Uh, which is uh, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, Tatum, and, and Giannis. So uh, I think you can definitely uh, build some teams that will compete uh, with this uh, uh, theoretical uh, mix-up here. I don't think it's necessarily hands down the best thing on paper, but uh, the one thing, the one weakness I think that's in those five is uh, is Russell Westbrook. I, I really, I, I'm curious to see how he does with the Lakers team. I think it'll be fine. Uh, I think he's proven time and again that he's uh, definitely a good player um but at the same time he's really a usage monster so um how's that going to work next to you know lebron james and 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 james harden in this theoretical theoretical lineup and and kevin durant um i don't know it's just uh, that's something i'd have to i'd have to wonder about because i know that james harden and russell westbrook didn't work very well in real life when they were paired up obviously um good I was going to say that's something we can get to though before you have your next read that you get to do. <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you this. This is just coming from me. No no Twitter account attached to this. Which NBA fan base, in your opinion, is the most chill on NBA Twitter? Doesn't make a lot of noise, and why? By that I mean doesn't make a lot of noise uh, about their team when they're you know good. Doesn't really uh, have bad takes about their team when they're bad. You know, it's not like hey, trade everybody and, and fire them and and all that. Especially when teams are good, though. You know, that's really the kind of the, my marker for a for a chill a chill uh, fan base is like, you know, if you're actually good, are you actually rubbing in people's faces or are you you know being kind of kind of low key about it? Who do you think? Other than the Kevin Durant stuff, I saw the the Oklahoma City Thunder. Twitterverse, what little bit I've seen has actually been the most chill, and that's probably because they haven't been good these last few years. But they they've accepted the fact that they aren't good. They haven't been bitter about it. They've just kind of leaned in into leaned into the rebuild, and they're just kind of along for the ride. And they they enjoy the projects rather than other other franchises they they get guys who are probably going to be you know second third bananas and they try and anoint them a superstar and then they get disappointed and bitter when they don't turn out that way whereas the thunder players like they drafted Josh get Josh Giddy number 6 and instead of anointing him a superstar they're just like oh this guy's going to be really fun to watch this is just going to be really cool and they're just excited to have him around were you on Twitter when they had the big the big three, the uh, Carmel Anthony and Paul George and uh, and uh, Russell Westbrook? Did you I call? Was, I was not, so I'm guessing my take is about to sound really bad. No, 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 no. I, I actually I was going to say I was not either, so I was just curious if you had followed them and and, and they were chill during that period of time because I'd be curious to see um, if they were chill because that would be that would be kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, it, 
they've been pretty bad, so it's it's kind of hard for them to really be too talkative. But I'm actually going to go with the Clippers. I think um, the people I follow on the Clippers are really generally pretty darn knowledgeable about the bas- the end of basketball, and I think a part of that is just that they have to live in in the Lakers' shadow so much, and uh, you know it's kind of like it's almost like the antithesis of uh, of the Lakers fan base, which you know some Lakers fans are are okay. Like, don't get me wrong. Some some Lakers fans are obnoxious. It's the same with Bulls fans. I'm a Bulls fan. I I, I admit it fully. Um, but yeah, yeah. As far as Clippers fans go, I mean, like, they have they have a lot of right to complain this last season. They were doing super. I was looking at these projections, and this is what led me to this question: is they were doing, you know, super well in the regular season, and then of course they lost Kawhi, and they could have you know really cried about that and and been upset about it. And I really didn't see a lot of. Um, complaining or like, oh, you should just, uh, you should have, you know, seen us if we had Kawhi. You're just lucky, or blah blah blah. Nothing like that. They they did a lot better than people thought they would, and they they were just supportive of their team. So, uh, my hats off to the uh, to the Clippers Twitter Twitter people out there. Uh, who's the most obnoxious, Trey? Which 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 fan base is the most obnoxious on Twitter? <laughs> oh, the Celtics. The Celtics. Okay. Oh God, the Celtics Twitterverse is is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I I love them. They're they're insane. And but oh god, they are a nightmare. Uh I can see that. I can see that. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna nominate the Knicks. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and nominate the Knicks for this. I have never uh, there was one I there was a meme of Reggie Bullock last year. Uh I think he was it was like maybe some a mother nursing a baby or something like that. And Reggie Bullock was the mother and the baby was somebody on the other team. I can't remember who it was exactly. And Reggie Bullock had a good game. I had a great game. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, I just – I said something along the lines of, you know, Knicks fans want to complain about their their team getting shat on all the time. And then they post stuff like this. And, man, uh, whatever account – I think it was oh, – I can't remember the account. I wish I could. But, anyways, whatever account I tweeted that from, they quote tweeted me. And then the Knicks fans came after me. They were, like, on my ass about not, you know – uh, just go cry somewhere else, buddy, or whatever. Like they were just like nothing intelligent to say, just just ripping into me. <laughs> I having... mean, it's been what they won in 1970, so that's 50, 50 plus years since uh-huh. they've won. They're fine. They're finally having a good a good year after years of being incompetent, much like the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And then and then you just come in with an elbow. I I defend them. I would have been mad too. Just let them be happy. <laughs> why why hate on the Knicks? It's the first good thing they've had in forever. Maybe maybe this maybe this one's on me. Maybe you're right about that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I have I have seen the Knicks fans are loyal. They yeah. are very loyal, and yeah. they will come for you if they feel you have wronged them. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, so anyways, that was kind of fun. Um, all right, moving on. To, here's our last one. We were going to talk about this one, but I think we have to, cause, uh, it's been all over social media the last, um, three days or so. Uh, but here we go. It's, um, I took a tweet. I probably could have taken it from anywhere, but I took it from at fadeaway world. Uh, I'm not even sure who these people are, but that's the account I took this from two V two who would win MJ and Shaq or LeBron and Katie. They had a really nice, uh, graphic here of Shaq in a Bulls uniform, which I can't uh, can't get enough of. That's really cool to see as a Bulls fan. Obviously, that didn't happen though, and obviously, KD hasn't played with LeBron. But two v two, who's going to win that matchup, Trey? It's prime Shaq, right? Yeah, I think we're taking these guys. Okay, so here's here's where here's where this conversation stems from. If you guys haven't been following along, Tony Kukoc. 
obviously just went just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. And he was being interviewed by Brandon Scoop B. Robinson of Bally Sports. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, if Shaq teamed up with, with MJ, it would be the best lineup ever assembled. It wouldn't even matter who brings the ball up. There's so much firepower there that I don't think that there would be any team that could compete with them. And he added, there, it wouldn't be fair. So this is this comes from Tony Kukoc. Obviously, this is taken a little bit out of context because Tony's talking about if those guys were on a team, then no other team could compete with them. But of course, we're gonna we're gonna do two v two just because. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Shaq and Michael. I just and as much I'm a Bulls fan, and mm. as much as this probably sounds like a Jordan Homer pick, a lot of it is Shaq. He was such a beast in the post when he was in his prime. And I think Jordan was a good enough playmaker to get him the ball in positions to succeed. I think he'd be an automatic bucket in a two-on-two because if you help, you, you're giving Michael Jordan a wide-open jumper. I'm going to go – I'm going to take the opposite side of that. I'm going to take the – I'm going to go hard to the opposite side of that. I'm not going to BS you because I think it's a, it's kind of a stupid argument. Here, here's my take on this whole argument thing. Uh, and it's really stupid to to compare people, especially across uh, decades and across different playing. You know, I mean, are we playing '90s rules where you get to hack people? Are we playing, you know, rules now where you can't even touch somebody on the perimeter? Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. I am I am BSing you uh-huh. because you pose this question to me. You uh-huh. have me answer first, <laughs> and then when it's your turn to answer, you're like, well. I really think it's a ridiculous, stupid question. Well, it is. It is a stupid question. I'm going to have an answer. Don't worry. I will have an answer. I don't think we have a gentleman's bet here because there's no nothing to. Really oh no, we no, can't bring, was, we can't bring Shaq calling. back from the yeah, from retirement, unfortunately. Uh, no, no, no. You're, you, 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 that's valid, but uh, but I am going to have an answer. I'm I'm just taking a long winded winded approach here. Uh, but anyways, let's let's go ahead and put all that aside. Let's let's go ahead and say you know in a, in a vacuum, these two versus these two. Uh, I'm going to go with LeBron and I'm going to go with uh, LeBron and KD. I, I don't think there's any way uh, that um, Shaq and, and Michael beat them. Uh, if you think about the centers that played with Michael, I mean, MJ didn't like centers to be down low in the post, clogging up his lane, man. he that's They had the triangle offense, but they had to install that because uh, it, it helped Michael. I mean, I, having their center at, at the you know free throw line and, and being more of a distributor – um, I just don't think I, I actually had in my notes, if it was five on five, I was picking, Dur- I was picking LeBron and, uh, Durant because of that. Yeah. I mean, if it's two on two, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and I have to think about, I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but I do think, I do think that LeBron and, and KD are, are kind of have a, a higher skill, um, ceiling here. Um, I just think the game's gotten better. I think they can both, you know, they both have the ability to score from anywhere on the floor. Whereas, uh, MJ did develop that as he went through his career, but um, you know, Katie's going to shoot from four feet behind the line. Michael's not going to do that. Um, obviously, Shaq's not going to shoot from anywhere besides right next to the basket. So, uh, so I'm going to give the, the edge here to Katie and, and LeBron. But yeah, it's a stupid argument. I agree. <laughs> I, I will say that. But no, thank you for answering it for me. Uh, but anyways, uh, let's move on. We are going to move on. Actually, before our next segment, uh, I want to hit pause here for a moment, and I want to give some give some love for hoop ball. We're having a fun time, and it's all thanks to HoopBall. Uh, they've given us this platform for BSBP, so give at HoopBall Tweets a follow on Twitter, guys. That's at HoopBall Tweets. 
Uh, and you're going to find some awesome people like Rhett. And, you know, we pointed out to some of his tweets. Uh, they're asking some of these thought provoking questions and uh, and really giving you some really solid information, even just for free on Twitter. So go follow that and visit hoopball hoopball.com, hoop-ball.com to get access to all the fantastic goodies that Hoopball has available right now. But we're going to move on. We're going to do some wins, losses, overs and unders. We're going to go to the West Coast now. We did our Easter Coast, Eastern Conference teams in our last episodes. And uh, we're going to be using points bet for these over underlines, and we'll be reviewing them in order of their win totals according to points bet. So we're going to try to get through the top seven Western Conference teams today. And first up on the docket, we've got the Los Angeles Lakers, which points bet has at 52.5 wins. What do you got there, Trey? You got the over or do you got the under? I have the over. Uh-huh. Russell Westbrook is was their big addition. They added Kendrick Nunn. They added Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, Rajon Rondo, and DeAndre Jordan. <clears throat> they are built to last through the regular season for LeBron and Anthony Davis to get there, to get to the playoffs healthy. The Lakers had a trade for Buddy Heald, and they nixed it so they could add Westbrook. Buddy Heald raised the Lakers' ceiling in the playoffs, but Russell Westbrook raises it in the regular season. When LeBron needs to take some possessions off or some games off, Westbrook is going to carry that offensive load that LeBron does. And I think between that, between everybody saying they're old, the Lakers are going to come out with something to prove. And I think Westbrook is going to ignite this team like he ignited the Wizards, like he ignites every other team he goes to with his play. And I think they're they're going to go over. I've got them I've got them at 54 wins, I think, and I've got the over. Yeah, I put them at 55 wins. I, I totally agree. I can't I mean there's not much more I can add to that. Uh you know, all those guys that they added, um, you know, they can they can take I mean, especially Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, those guys can take over games at, at for short periods of time. Uh Russell Westbrook can take over entire games. They need to rest, um, you know, LeBron James, or they need to rest, uh, you know, Anthony Davis. They can do that. They have enough talent on this team. They don't need to go 100% to win 50 plus ball games. Um, can they win 60 plus? Uh, I don't know. That's probably not something they're even really interested in. Um, you know, it's not necessarily something that they want to do is is, is push themselves hard in the, in the regular season. They want to push them in the off season. That said, I, I'm not. I don't feel strongly enough about it to put any units on it. Uh, I do have some question marks about. The health of LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. They're both, you know, injury riddled last season. Um, I think that they probably come back healthy this season. Uh, but Anthony Davis, especially, is somebody that has dealt with injuries all of his career. Um, and you can't really discount that. You have to really take that into account. So so I can't put any units on it, but I do feel uh, I agree with you there on the over. So let's move on. Um, and uh, next, we've got the Utah Jazz which points bet has at 52.5 wins and the Utah jazz, just to recap, they added Ruddy, uh, Ruddy. Wow. Rudy Gay, (laughs) Hassan Whiteside, Eric Pascal and Jared Butler. And they lost Derek favors and George Nyan. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Okay. So 52.5 wins. What do you got there, Trey? I've got the over. Losing favors hurts because he was the backup for Gobert, but being able to bring back Mike Conley was the trade-off, and having two creators on the perimeter is vital to their offensive system. Mitchell Mitchell isn't quite that top, top-tier guy, but he's, he's getting close to being that on offense, and, and having Conley as that extra boost, I think, is what they're counting on being the 
what gets them over the hump in the playoffs. I'm not sure if they get there or not this year, but I did put units on Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles because I think the Jazz are going to have a really good year. They have a great system around Gobert's defense. It's a system that's been in place for a while. The the continuity, I think, will come in handy. And I've got them actually fin- finishing first in the West with 55 wins. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm there with you. I'm actually even more bullish. I've got them at 59 wins, actually, which is uh, quite a few more. I mean, they were they're about a 50 win team for two straight seasons, and then last year they were they were just bullied by strong play by by Mike Conley, like you said, and Jordan Clarkson um, really had a good season. Uh, even if Clarkson doesn't have a good season, I, I like your six man bets. I think Joe, Joe Inglis can make up for that. If Clarkson needs to take a kind of a back seat, Inglis can step more into that uh, six man role. He doesn't exactly add exactly the same same punch on offense that that uh, Clarkson does as far as scoring goes, but he is a distributor. Um, he does a little bit of everything. He shoots the ball with insane efficiency, especially from behind the arc. So um, I do, I do like that call by you for the, for the um, six man award. And, and yeah, I think that they're just built for the regular season. I think this has been proven for three or four seasons. Now it's just kind of like, you can set your watch to it at this point that the Utah jazz are going to have a good regular season. It's just, are they going to do well in the postseason? That's the question now. Can they can they take that next step to do the you know make the correct adjustments in the postseason, and have somebody step up to be that second guy besides Donovan Mitchell to create offense? Um, is Rudy A going to be that guy? Uh, I don't know. But we're talking about the postseason now, uh, and we're trying to talk about the, the regular season. But I think the regular season they'll be just fine. Um, their pace last season, uh, if they were to to stay on pace. And this is why I went with 59. Their adjusted record, if it was an 82 game season, it would have been 59 and 23. So that's why I went with 59. I think it's going to be just about the same, you know, par for the course, same as last season. Uh, can they win a, a few more than that? Uh, sure. Can they lose a few more than that? Sure. Um, but that's why I feel strongly enough to go ahead and put a unit on it. It's at minus 110. I'm going to go ahead and put 1.1 units on it to go uh, to win one unit on the over. Uh, and yeah, I just think that they're they're a lock to do exactly what they did last season. So moving on to the Phoenix Suns. Um, oh, and also I, I forgot to mention uh, Donovan Mitchell. He only played 53 games last season uh, out of those 72 games, and it didn't really matter. They still they still won plenty of games. They won 10 out of 16 without him. So okay, but anyways, Phoenix Suns 51.5 for their win total is what uh, points bet has. And mm. go ahead. Oh, you mentioned that the Jazz need to prove it in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Suns got to do that this year by getting all the way to the finals. Mm -hmm. But I think the fatigue of doing that, now going from a team that's up and coming to having that target on your back of being the team that went to the finals last year. I have them under at 50 wins. Mm -hmm. I I don't see Chris Paul. I think he played almost every game this season. It was maybe 80 out of 82. Yep. I think he played oh. 70, 70, well, he, well, it was only 72 games. I think he played 71 oh, yeah. out of 72. 71. Um, yeah. And actually, he played, yeah, he played uh, 70 out of 72 games uh, okay. in the last two seasons. So, um, and then they might have had a few less or a few more than 72 last, uh, the season before because of COVID. It was kind of funky, but. Um, but with, he, I don't think he's going to play nearly as many games this, this year. I don't think the Suns are going to be as concerned with fin- they're going to want to make sure they finish in the top six so i have them for for 50 wins i think they still have a good regular season i just don't think they get to 52 which is to hit the over you got to get you got to get over that half and i just i don't see them getting over that half yeah um yeah i have them over at 52 um and and that's i don't feel comfortable about that i actually 
probably might might lean to your way actually so i think you're probably more more right in this scenario than me but uh just kind of recap what they did in the offseason they added added landry shamit they added javel mcgee uh added alfred payton um and they lost uh tory craig uh javon carter and etwan moore uh, not not a huge i mean none of those moves really blow me out of the water i do like the javel mcgee addition i think that's going to be good i think he's uh, he's really fantastic in a 10 to 15 minute role off the bench. Um, that's really all he's good for anymore, and that's that's all he really needs to do for them. So, um, give uh, you know DeAndre Ayton a spell, and uh, but yeah, Chris Paul's his year 36 season. I mean, like you said, only played or he did play 70 out of 72 seasons last two seasons, but the three seasons prior to that, uh, he only managed 177 out of 246 possible games. Um, and he averaged 59 games per season in those three seasons. So, um, so yeah, it, you know, I, I think he definitely misses some time here. Um, I liked your shout out for JaVale McGee though. It, mm. You said he, he's only good in that role, but be, knowing your role and excelling in it is, is a skill in the NBA. And mm. he, he is such a valuable addition to have. I just wanted to sh- kind of highlight that also. Yeah, I think he is a plus there. I think Torrey Craig losing Torrey Craig is kind of a big deal. Um, he did play very well for them in the playoffs and, and towards the end of the season there. Um, but I think they, I think they'll be fine without him. I don't think it's really that huge of a deal. Um, Landry Shamit's a, a nice okay get. Uh, Alfred Payton's a nice okay get. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty eh, about those guys. That's not not huge to me. But uh, one guy to look out for on this team actually, and, and I'd like to highlight him is Jalen Smith. Um, I'm kind of high on him just in real life, but, um, you know, in the summer, it's a summer league. So obviously grain of salt time guys take it with a grain of salt, but, um, he had, a, he had a league best 12.5 rebounds, 16.3 points, and he shot 36.5% from the field. Obviously he's not going to get that as a shots shots in the, uh, regular season. He might not even crack the rotation. I don't know, but they're talking about him possibly playing, uh, some minutes for these guys. So he's, he's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, I think he's kind of a wild card for him. If he ends up being uh, better than they think, then you know that can be a huge plus for them, and hopefully that'll push them over the top. So, people doubted the Cam Johnson pick too. Isn't that what, yeah. isn't that his name? Yeah, Cam Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I, I people doubted that. that. People doubted that pick when it happened. It took it took a year or two, but once he got his feet like once he got his feet wet and got used to the NBA life, it he settled in nicely. Well, true hoop heads. I mean, you know, I'm watching the I'm watching these summer league games. I, I know I don't know if you did also, but. Um, maybe he didn't have time to. I mean, some of them are pretty boring. I, I understand that people don't, but uh, I can't get enough. I, I watch as much as I can, and so I, I watched this guy in the summer league, and I liked what I saw out of him. I thought, um, you know, he's going to be an athletic guy. He can take the ball off the rim and go the distance, uh, go the floor, you know, with it, with the ball, with the dribble, um, finish. He can shoot. So uh, I think he's got all the tools. It's just a matter of can he translate that to the NBA season. Right. Right. We we both got the Suns as a 50-win team. You, Right. Uh, I, I have slightly under. You have the slightly over. But you yeah. mentioned Summer League, and I, I feel like that's a great transition to the next team we have, the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. Uh, their big additions were Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody in the draft. What did you, um, Instead of me going first, I'm going to flip it on you. Do you have the over or under, and what did you think of them in summer league? And do you think they'll be able to contribute? Kaminga obviously had a huge summer league. Um, you know, like I said, it's always a grain of salt with this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not necessarily huge on those guys. I just, when it comes to the Warriors, I just don't know which direction they're trying to go. Are they? Um, you've got Clay and 
and Steph and Draymond. Draymond uh, Steph is 33. Draymond's 31. Clay is 31. They're all in their 30s. Uh, they've got maybe uh, a couple more seasons of really you know playing at their top level. And then they've got these young guys, like you said. And 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 I know that we, there's been rumors about you know Clay and Steph uh, and Draymond pushing for more veteran players on this team and trading some of this young talent. And the, the ownership doesn't want to do it. I don't blame the ownership. I think that that's a good a good play. You've got some good players. I love I love Kaminga. I love Moody. Uh, I think those are good young players. And I love Wiseman. Obviously, I've talked about him before. I'm still super high on that guy. So uh, I just don't know dire- what direction they're going to go. I have the under here uh, by a pretty healthy margin. They're at 48.5. I got 45 wins for them. I think they're going to struggle, um, especially with Clay out through Christmas. Um, the latest update on him is that the Warriors are targeting a Christmas Day return for, for Clay Thompson, uh, according to Ali Fenawala of NBC Sports. And here's the quote. He's doing well in his recovery, but the Warriors are targeting that Christmas Day game against the Phoenix Suns for his return. Um, he could come back a little before that, but in terms of getting his conditioning right, they are targeting the Christmas Day game against the Suns. I know that sounds a little late to people, but he was injured on November 18th, so this is 13 months from the Achilles injury. So um, he's going to miss at least 32 regular season games. He's going to have missed two and a half years of basketball between his injuries. So I don't know how that guy's going to be. What are your thoughts? I'm with you on the under. Uh, with Clay not coming back until Christmas, and even then he's going to have to work himself back in. I think this team, is it's going to be a chore. Not, not necessarily a chore doing that, but it's going to take some time. And the West is brutal from top to bottom this year. It's going to be hard to get to 49 wins. Uh, so I have the under. When it comes to Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman and the young talent, I think the Warriors are hoping that Beal or Lillard or one of those top name superstars comes available that they can add to their core, their older core, mm-hmm. and just become a, one of these super teams. And There's obviously been Ben Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, you know, rumors floating also. So, right. And if the war, if the Warriors start start out ten and twenty in those thirty two games, and they're ten games under five hundred, do they think about paying that price for Ben Simmons? I don't know, man. That's that's a good question. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks here. That's why I can't place. I can't. On it. I can't wait. Right. I can't wait on the yeah. season to start because it's, there's so many questions that need answered. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big question mark here for the Golden State Warriors for me. I think they could be better than this. I do think especially if they get one of those talents that you're talking about, if that happens. Um, yeah, I think they could be a 50 win team, but asking for 49 wins from a team that that's really in limbo like that. I think that's asking a lot. So I can't go there. Um, but yeah, they did. You know what? One thing, one one guy that they did add that I think is a little bit under appreciated here uh, is Otto Porter Jr. I know some people are, are kind of high on him. If he's healthy again, that's a really good get for them. Um, and it's another veteran. Well, he's, uh, I think he's like in his what late twenties, so he's he's a veteran guy. Um, uh oh, uh oh, oh no! I'm I'm calling BS on Otto Porter Jr. being a worthwhile addition. Okay. Um. The bet I'm thinking is I don't think he plays more than more than 30 games this 35 games this year. 35. Would you, 35. Would you take the would you take the over? Uh 35 out of a 82, 82 game season. Yeah. Out of an 82. All right. Yeah, I'll deal. take the over. I'll think yeah, I think he, I, I think he works his way in the rotation. I don't um I mean, he could totally be out of the rotation, and in that in that case, you win. So uh, it is it is a bit risky on my part, but I think he or, or he um, could get hurt again. 
Yeah, and there's so many there's so many question marks around this team. I just I that could go either way, honestly. But yeah, I'll take the over, sure. I got it. I, Let's do it. That's a score that's a scorned Bulls lover right there. <laughs> that's what that is. He but. screwed the Bulls over really hard. I understand that. Um I still like his game. I liked him on the Wizards. <clears throat> Obviously I cover the Wizards a little bit for fan side. I liked him on the Wizards and um, you know, I was happy that the Bulls got him, but yeah, he's he's he was a very just big disappointment. The highest waste of money in a long time that I can remember. Well, him or or Felicia, I don't know. Felicia might be worse. <laughs> Speaking of disappointments, would you like to be the one that reads the next team's key additions for this offseason? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got Dallas Mavericks here at 48.5 wins for the for the points bet. Their additions are Reggie Bullock, which I actually I like Reggie Bullock. Thanks. Reggie Bullock. Sterling Brown, Moses Brown, uh, and Frank Nitklina. And then their losses are Josh Richardson, uh, Nicolo Melli, uh, Tyler Bay, and J.J. Redick. So what do you think about uh, about the Mavericks? 48.5. I agree with you. Bullock's not terrible, not a terrible addition. But this was their big offseason. This was offseason they had to spend money on free agencies, on free agents. And... For that to be the haul that they get after years of maneuvering for this, it's it's got to be disappointing if you're a Mavericks fan. I have the under at 44 wins. I still have them finishing um, pretty high in the West. Uh, let me make sure I had that. Right. Yeah, I still or I have them at 45 wins. So I have them mm-hmm. under, but still finishing fourth in the West. So hosting a home playoff series. I don't think that it's the end of the world that they had a disappointing offseason, but. I was definitely left wanting more as a Luca fan. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree, and I've got them under. Also, I've got them at forty-seven, so I've got them a little bit higher than you. I've got them in fifth in the West, actually. So my guys on the West must have more wins in general <laughs> at the top than yours do. But um, but yeah, no, I've got them at forty-seven. They're just a record last year. Would have been about forty-eight wins. I, I agree with you. I think that this was not enough. They didn't put enough talent around Luca. Um, they had to make some kind of big splash, and they just didn't do it, you know. Um, I mean, Reggie Bullock is a nice get. Moses Brown is an okay get, I think, uh, especially for a team that lacked, you know, some really good centers. So um, I think they had some nice pieces that they added, but it's just it's just not enough to move the needle for me. So I think they're going to have a similar season to last season. Um, I'm hoping – I think they need to get the I, – I, I, I hate – I mean, I love I love watching Luca too, and I love watching the ball in his hands. But I think they need to ultimately get the ball out of his hands, um, so he's not doing as much as he's been doing. I think he needs to play a little bit more off ball. They need to get somebody that can take over for stretches of the game. It's just asking too much of him. The league has evolved from being able to have a single playmaker. Yeah, um, and and a lot of the. A, a huge question mark here, and a lot rests on on Chris Porzingis, obviously. Uh, and we talked about him, you know, in the open. But uh, is he going to be healthy? That's the, the first question mark. Uh, probably not. He's probably going to miss 15, 20 games. Um, you know, is he uh, going to be better than he was last season? Um, specifically, you know, when it comes to, to playoff time, because that's when they're really going to need him, and they're going to need that second guy, like you said. Uh, KP and and, and Doncic next to each other just it hasn't worked out. I don't think it will work out again this year. I think it's going to be something where they're trying to move him by the deadline um, or possibly next offseason they try to move him. I haven't looked at his contract. I don't know what that looks like. But um, I think that they definitely need to try to get somebody else to pair with with Dodgers instead of um, instead of KP. What do you think about that fit? Do you think do you like that fit or no? I 
it, it fits in theory. Mm-hmm. I, but there were a lot of times that you would see Luca just look off and open Porzingis. And I don't know. I'm not sure if the chemistry is just not there or if he's just what the situation is. But a, a fifth that just seems like it should work just doesn't doesn't seem to work. And if it doesn't work this year, I think you have to try and cut bait. I think the biggest thing, and the biggest thing again with him is just the injury thing. He played 47.6% of his games over the last four seasons, and um, that's including a year where he played no games because of an ACL injury. Uh, if you take that year out, he played 64.6% of the possible games that he could have appeared in. So he just missed a ton of games. Um, and, and once you do that, uh, you know, during the regular season, I think that also affects your your postseason as well, just because you're not you're not up to speed. You're not, you're not as up to speed as the rest of the guys that grinded the whole, you know, 72 or, or, or 68 out of the 72. Hardly anyone plays the whole season anymore. Um, everyone misses four or five, six games. So um, not that he won't do that, but hopefully he'll, he won't miss, you know, half of the games. So well, who's next on our docket there, Trey? Um, you, you said that hardly let no one plays all the games anymore. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mm. NBA MVP. Nikola Nikola Jokic mm. plays all the games, That's and he's point. he's part of the next team on our list, the mm. sixth team, the Denver Nuggets, with forty-seven and a half, and that value is what made me hesitate taking the under for them. But I did losing Jamal Murray. I think it really hinders what they can do. I said a minute ago that having the playmakers on the perimeter is vital that you can't have just one anymore. You you can have just one if you also have a playmaker as good in the post as Jokic. But I don't know who is going to create for the Nuggets other than Jokic. And because of that, I have them at 44 wins, which is coming in under the 47 and a half. Yeah, I've got them under two. I've got them at 46. So, so again, this is another scenario. I have them a little higher than you, but I'm still going under. Um, I do think Jamal Murray is a big loss for them. They just re-upped uh, Aaron Gordon. What was it? Four years for uh, Nine, ninety-two it, million. Ninety-two million. Yeah, yeah. Four years, ninety-two million. How do you feel about that contract? It's not my money. <laughs> it, I feel like t- the NBA, the NBA teams are making money, and at this point, when it comes to salary cap purposes, you're already over the cap with Jokic with Murray. Um, you got to extend Porter Jr. Uh, coming up, so you're going to be over the cap. It's not like you. It's not like you tied up cap space you were going to be able to use on a free agent. So it's not my money. I like the fit of Aaron Gordon when he's mm-hmm. the when he's the fourth best guy because when Murray's there, Jokic mm-hmm. is there, and Michael Porter Jr.'s going. Aaron Gordon is the fourth best guy on offense. Is amazing for your team, mm-hmm. and if you have to pay him ninety two million that ninety two million over four years, that's that's a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have him than not. Well, we talked about this with Ben Simmons too. If you lock somebody up long-term, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to keep them long-term. It might be a, a good trade chip for, for when they want to trade him. Uh, I think it's a year after you sign a new contract or something like that, um, that you become eligible to be traded. So um, once he becomes eligible to be traded again, you know, you, you can go to a team and say, Hey, I can give you Aaron Gordon guaranteed for the next three years, as opposed to, Hey, I've got Aaron Gordon on a, you know, one year contract. Um, you know, not many people are going to be interested in that, especially the small market teams where he might end up going. 
um, because you know then he can just walk at the end of the end of the, at the end of that contract. So, so it could be something where that where that's what's that's what they're thinking. But I I don't mind it, and I think you know NBA Twitter did did kind of you know lose their minds over that number. Um, I don't think it's a terrible number for him. I think you know it's at one point in this guy's career. He was really promising. He was a promising young player, and uh, you know people were thinking that he might be one of the elite wings in the in the NBA. So, um, and, and not to say that he's going to be. I think he's kind of past that point where we think that's going to happen. But he's still a very good player. And like you said, I do I do like his fit here. I, I do have the under on them. They did add Jeff Green. They added Bones Highland uh, in the draft, and then they lost Paul Millsap and Javale McGee. Um, I think Jeff Green's kind of a slight upgrade over Paul Millsap at this point in their careers. Uh, that's just me thinking uh, out loud. I, I think you can kind of split hairs there. Uh, either way, you can say Paul Millsap's better than Jeff Green if you'd like. I think they're kind of about the same player. So uh, pretty much nothing's changed. Uh, the only thing that they're rest, they're really uh, waiting on is is Jamal Murray and to see what happens with his injury. So, um, so yeah, I do have the under there. Um, and just to kind of update you guys on that injury, Tim Conley, uh, which is the president of the basketball operations. He said the team does not have a firm time frame on when Jamal Murray will be cleared to play. Um, so he's, you know, towards ACL on, on April 12th. Um, it takes about uh, six to nine months for a player to come back from that typically. So that's October would be the soonest you'd be you know, getting, start getting back in game shape. That's not even probably when he's going to return. So that's the, at the beginning of the season is when he starts, you know, doing the you know, zero five on zero drills and all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, you're, realistically, you're looking at, you know, probably a November or December at best return for this guy. Uh, and there's a potential that he doesn't even come back till January or February, uh, which is towards the end of the season. So uh, I'm not optimistic that he uh, I think he will pl- play this season. I'm just not optimistic that he's going to contribute a lot in the regular season. All right. Um Next, we have the Los Angeles Clippers at 45.5 total wins. They added added Eric Bledsoe. They added Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, Harry Giles. um, Some other names aren't worth mentioning. They lost Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, Patrick Patterson, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, maybe to China. (laughs) We'll see. And Daniel Aturu. What do you think, Trey? 45.5. 45.5. How do, you, how do you have the Clippers? We go from a team that has Murray possibly coming back to contribute to a team that has their best player, Kawhi Leonard, out out for the year. I don't see yeah. him coming back at no, all this year. he's not. He's not playing. And the Clippers are the best three-point shooting team, I think, in the league. They might be second to the Jazz. But just in terms of having five shooters out there, they are, they are one of the top teams at shooting the three-point ball in the league. And I think that that's been the trend for long enough that teams are starting to catch up. The West is loaded. I've got the Clippers under at under 44 and a half. I've got them at 42 wins and I've got them barely in the play in wow. at 10th place. That's wow. my, they're my big drop this year. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting. I do have them over. Uh, I'm at 47. I, I, I liked what they did in the playoffs without um, Kawhi Leonard. I think that there's still, a very solid team without Kawhi. Uh, they went, um, what did they go? They went 13 and nine with Paul George with no Kawhi Leonard uh, last season. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. The last two seasons, they went seven and four in, in 2009, 20, 19, 20 and six and five in 2018, 19. Um, 
and so they went thir 13 and nine uh, without uh, Kawhi and with Paul George. Uh, Reggie Jackson had a fantastic season. I think he can probably replicate that at this point. Um, I don't think he's got many seasons left in him, but I think he's going to be that good again. Uh, I think Terrence Mann balled out for them in the playoffs, and I think he can, you know, I don't know if he's going to consistently do it through the regular season. Um, but just kind of for Reggie Jackson, he had 17.8 points per game uh, on 48, 41, 88 shooting splits in the playoffs. And in the regular season, it was 10.7 points per game on 45, 43, 82 shooting splits. So he balled out. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that sustainable that he's going to score seven more points per game. Um, there's not Kawhi there. So he, there's definitely the opportunity there for him to do that. Uh, one question mark I have here is Eric Bledsoe. I mean, he was absolutely dreadful last season. He's entering his age 32 season, but uh, I think this is a good spot for, I, I think this is a good spot for him to land without a Kawhi there. Cause I think it's, you know, it's like do or die time for him. He's on the last year of his multi-year deal. He's making a, a little shade over 18 million. He's only got 3.9 million guaranteed for next season. It comes, becomes fully guaranteed on, on the 29th of June of 2022. So I think this is uh, going to be a make a, a prove it year for Eric Bloods. So, so I'm expecting him to actually fill a little bit of that void. Um, how do you feel about Bledsoe? Are you, you, um, are you not high in him? I think it's funny that you mentioned that about Bledsoe because it's like the mirror image of the Lakers point guard situation last year with Schroeder. He was in a prove-it year last year, mm -hmm. and we saw him fumble the bag. I think Bledsoe is going to struggle also. Mm. But I I like I like what the Clippers do on offense. I just, I just have them under because I think the West is really, really talented. And I... For teams to rise, other teams have to fall. So I just have them a little under. Yeah, I wonder if DeMarcus Cousins is going to get another NBA contract. I, I Last I saw, he had three Chinese teams interested in his services. Uh, it would, I think he would just dominate over in China. So uh, I wonder if he's going to do that. But I think he wants to play in the NBA. So we'll see if he ends up on a team. What do, what do you think? Oh, there's no over under here. But what do you think? Does, uh, does uh, Cousins end up on an NBA team this season or no? Yeah, I think he ends up on a team. Yeah, I think someone will take a take a chance on him. This guy was just so good not that long ago. The other guy I'm interested in, Justice, Justice Winslow, uh, especially with Kawhi out, he can't shoot. Uh, shoots under forty percent in, in half of his six seasons. But uh, this guy, uh, he's uh, I don't know, he's interesting to me. He's just athletic, and when he's got the ball in his hands, he's like all downhill and, and, and attacks the basket. I kind of like this guy. I don't know. I want to keep an eye on him. But um, but anyways, that's all we've got for you guys. That's it. That's it for us at BSBP. We hope you enjoyed our show. Wherever you're listening, guys, please, 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 please leave us a review. We're just starting out, and if you want us people to find us, we're going to need help from you guys. We're going to need help from people like you who are cool enough to listen to us before anyone else has even heard of us. You need to let other people know that we're legit, guys. Come on. So take 90 seconds, leave a review, help us reach more ears. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bsbpkeith. That's bsbpkeith. Trey, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at final finally. And don't forget, guys, to follow the show's Twitter account at, at @bsbp underscore nba. All right, that's it. Get out there and cash in on all the knowledge we just dropped. Have a good one, everybody.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.